0: I didn't hear anything about Daylight Savings Time next week. So somebody's already on that, I didn't even need to announce that. I was told if nobody announced that, I was supposed to do that. So next week, Daylight Savings Time. What does that mean? Fall back, Fall back. okay. We got it, we're all clear. So if you show up at the old time, does it make you early or late? <laughs> on time? <laughs> Is that what I heard? Good. That's a great response. Well, good morning. Thank you for coming. Uh, Good morning to those online as well. We appreciate you tuning in. Um, Thank you for joining us. I look forward to what God God has for us this morning as we spend some time together. Um, I was reminded as I was getting ready this week, um, Roy did a fantastic job last week. Um, What a great kind of setup uh, to this Sunday about what kind of a God... Uh, do we serve? Do we, who do we think God is? And uh, it was just a good reminder to, to ensure um, that we are spending enough time um, in Scripture and with others that are grounded so that we don't end up in a place where we, we, uh, we have this false image of who God is. And so, uh, great reminder, great things happening for Meadowbrook, in Meadowbrook, through Meadowbrook. My lovely lady, Lena, and I went for a walk together this last week, as we regularly do. There's, uh, there's a critter in our house that uh, doesn't allow too much time to, go to elapse between walks. His name is Bandit, and we thank you. We're thankful for him, and, uh, and I'm thankful that my wife also walks me. It's good for me. I wanted to set this up, uh, maybe something a little lighter, um, as we get ready for, for this message today for God's Word. Lena and I often discuss points of faith or, or church life together, uh, and this time we went through a bit of an inventory as to what our life has been like this last year, and, uh, and I'll tell you, uh, sometimes life gets busy, and, uh, and our life has been full of stuff, uh, mostly good, um, and I've, I've, I've been starting to respond la- that way uh, when people ask how I'm doing. I'm, I'm mostly good. Or I'll say, um, better than I deserve. Uh, and, and I keep a couple of those kinds of things handy simply because it catches people by surprise. And very often, it launches immediately into a conversation. Most people, when I tell them I'm better than I deserve, wait, What? Of course you deserve, you know, and we live in this culture where we are fixated on who we are individually, and somehow we're entitled to all this good stuff. And when thing doesn't, things don't go our, our way, we're not sure how to handle that. So I just think it's an interesting time uh, to be alive. Um, we, we live in an interesting world. But yeah, we went for a walk and um, discussing where we're at in life, full life, right, right? Um, you know, and, and moving parents, um, having a wedding, Jonathan and Connie, you know, uh, a, a daughter in Bible college, Amber's back for a visit, um, you know, big stuff, you know, and, and so it's, it's interesting, and, and sometimes you just wonder what kind of image or what kind of, how do you pre- present, um, what do people think of us, and I don't spend a lot of time doing that, I promise and I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that because it could get really awkward and just self selfish. Um, but it's just interesting. It's a good exercise sometimes to stop and just simply take inventory, right? It's good exercise to go for a walk. It's also a good exercise to take stock of where you're at um, as a family, as a as indi- individually, and uh, ultimately, especially if it if it reminds you. Of the goodness of God and how God is taking care of you. Um, he, he has good things in, in mind, good things in store. Um, the other thing uh, is, is I, I don't want to make some kind of an impression about my own perfection because um, I'm not there, and and that's I'm looking forward to that, <laughs> uh, and I trust you are as well. Uh, there will come a day when all the things that I wrestle and struggle with throughout the week and and all the things on my list of things to do, um, and all the reasons I have for not doing them right now. I'll do them later. Um, that kind of, those kinds of challenges, the perfection will come. So I'm as flawed and imperfect as anyone. Um, and so just out of that place is where I, I kind of want to have you hear me or hear from God. Um, there's different challenges, different things that, uh, that are part of my life. Um, But the word, I think, for you this morning is, is that despite those things that aren't where they should be, God can use you. Right? We are uniquely qualified and equipped because of who we are and sometimes because of the things that have happened to us or how we're wired. And God has something specific in mind because of that. I don't know what that is. And sometimes you don't either. But as we journey, very often clarity can come, and uh, and the key, the trick—it's not a trick, really. The key is to be ready, to be ready to be used. And uh, so, quick question for you today, this morning: uh, How many of you enjoy waiting for another person to get ready? <laughs> I see a hand up top. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> yeah that's it's kind of a rhetorical question um you've got a destination to get to and a time you'd like to show up at and there's this individual that you would for whatever reason they're just not ready to, to go yet like what's the deal it's tough to be patient with those around us that are moving at a different pace and I think, I think it's an important one, and, and it's something that, again, uh, it's something that I wrestle with. I, I grew up in a home uh, where my dad needed to be at church an hour before anybody else shows up. And uh, some of us probably share that kind of an experience where um, that kind of discipline, um, and you kind of push back at it. Um, I think I'm quite reasonable in the fact that I don't need to be an hour. Maybe a little less than that. <laughs> right? and, uh, and for some of us, if we're supposed to be at church at, at 10 o'clock, because that's when the service starts, we're on time. If we show up at 10, you're late. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm over it. You just need to, you need to get on side. No. I, I share that because that's, a, that's been a common thread in our marriage. Is, so when, and, and so the question now is, is when are we leaving? Right and, and so it's interesting. so now it's also my responsibility <laughs> just a funny story came to mind. Um, don't sit in the driveway and honk your horn, guys. <laughs> it's, it's not going to go well. Don't do it. It's, um, yeah, find ways to help. She didn't tell me to say that. But just do that, because wisdom, that, thats it's also part of growing up, right? If you recognize that there's a challenge you want to overcome, don't just point out the things that are wrong. Are you part of the solution? So, yeah, I want to read from a passage uh, in Hebrews in a minute. But before we do that, um, I feel a little bit of preparation is necessary. Um, Did you stretch this morning? There's a few, yeah. For those that didn't, right? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm not kidding. If you want to stand up, maybe even, right? <laughs> Take a deep breath. <sighs> no, actually, it was supposed to be in through the nose, out through the mouth. Is that how it goes? <clears throat> Are you ready? We'll put uh, Hebrews chapter 5. We're going to start at chap- uh, verse 11. Uh, I'm reading from the New New, uh, Living Translation, for those of you that uh, that that matters. Uh, The writer of Hebrews begins in verse 11 of chapter 5. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word, you're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again from the, with the fundamental importance. Uh, of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, laying on of hands, and resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who uh, then turn away from God, It is impossible to bring such a person back to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing him on the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. Or does it? We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation, for God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers, as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Whew. Did you know that that was in the Bible? Most of us do, or a lot of us do, if we've uh, been through, through, uh, especially the New Testament. This is hard stuff. Um, But I think as a church, um, we need to be reminded at times how Um, Yeah, we we need to be ready to hear uh, a a sharpening, um, maybe even a disciplinary word from God. Again, if this message is, if it's not yours um, and and, uh, and you're wondering why you're here, pray for those who the message is for. Um, When Greg uh, called last Friday... In the morning, I already knew that uh, our candidate wasn't showing up. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, I don't know if I can do this in a couple days. But uh, but then he asked about, about it, whether or not I could get ready in a week. And so here we are. And that whole topic of, am I ready? Kind of stuck out. And, and it almost seemed like God was giving me a, a bit of a, a, head, a heads up as to the fact that I needed to get ready by having a message about being ready for the following Sunday. So it's just very interesting how some of that kind of stuff works at times. But in reading a passage like that, uh, I I think it's important just to, so let's redirect our thoughts to God. I'm going to pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, I asked that you would continue to reveal to your people that it is your great love that draws and leads us to repentance. And it is the same love that will not allow us to remain in a state of complacency or comfort that for, uh, thank you for the seasons of the heart, for sometimes when you nurture growth through challenge, and times when your blessing overflows in our lives. Thank you for all of it. Yes, all of it. Thank you for the promise that you will not leave or forsake your children, but that your love brings discipline and corrections so that you can, we can experience more of you and so that we reflect to the watching world around us your love at work within us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. A few years ago, when my friend Chris Walker was up here teaching a word, um, he was teaching, and a word stood out to me. I don't think it was audible, um, but the word discipline became obvious in my, in, in my spirit, and I just knew um, that this was a word for me, and I carried it very intentionally out of the service that day. It was several Sundays later where another word stood out to me. Chris shared the story of where Jesus asks blind Bartimaeus at the end of Mark chapter 10, what do you want uh, me to do? Well, sorry, let me rephrase. What do you want me to do for you? This time the word more became prominent. Um, I want more of what God's intentions are for my life. I want more faith, more blessings to come. Knowing full well that I have a role to play in how God brings these blessings about in my life. And sometimes those blessings come through difficulty. Um, There's a teaching out there that if you follow Jesus, just good things come. That is not biblical. Um, The Bible is chock full of stories and we have a history and we have a current context of people being persecuted and killed put to death because of their faith in Jesus let's get real Um, this prosperity thing that is out there it sounds great and part of the reason that we can buy into those kinds of teachings is simply because of the affluence that for whatever reason we have and I think the affluence is there not for us just to become consumers but to us for us to also make a difference make an impact and turn that, those assets and, the, and those funds around and we do some of that through the offering in the church and there's these different ways that God is calling us to, uh, to be a part of sharing the good news all over the world. So knowing full well that I have a role to play in the blessings that I'm desiring in my life. Hear me out, I don't work at becoming better at, uh, to somehow get better things from God. This is what sets apart a follower of Christ versus someone trying to earn favor through religious effort. One of the conversations I had at the gym a while ago um, was just in comparing religions. And my comment was, is I think Christianity, actually I know Christianity is the only way, the only, way that, uh, the only faith that deals with the problem of sin. And, and even within Christianity, sometimes we get it skewed where, where we feel, and, and there are, my background including, um, do we make it by works? Can I do enough to be saved? How much? When is enough? And so there's the effort that we put forward is not somehow to win favor with God. It's simply a thank you for what is already there. And so, uh, let's be clear. it uh, We don't impress God. At the same time, I'm not some kind of a defeatist saying we can never please God, because God is pleased with our worship this morning. Thank you, worship team. Um, you know, in the service, when I think of these little ones going to be instructed in a Sunday school class, just the, you know, the, the starts of learning more about who he is... Um, The Lord is pleased. But we we can't win his favor. We already haven't, especially when we come to faith. So this is where the word hope uh, plays a pretty big role. And let me uh, make a quick comment about the message title. Uh, I sent in earlier in the week a a message title, Ready, with a period, and then Hopefully. And it all depends. (laughs) It all depends where you put the emphasis right? And so if you say, are you ready? Hopefully. That sounds a little depressing, but we're ready. Hopefully. Same words, very different meaning. So this message felt a little selfish as I've been preparing this week, a little selfish here perhaps, but I think it's the best kind of selfishness, where you put yourself out there so that the pressure of that creates a, uh, the best kind of community. We often hear the word accountability, but we find it difficult to ever offer it, and even harder to receive it. Am I unique in that? <laughs> probably not. I think I think that's that's probably one of the biggest one of the biggest challenges is to do something like that well. So at the end of the message today, don't find the first person that messes up and hold them accountable, okay? (laughs) If you're going to risk doing that, and I say risk doing that, because I've risked doing that, and there was a part of me that thought, maybe maybe I'll never do that again, because it didn't go well. And then I realized that, hmm, maybe the outcome wasn't the point. Maybe the point was, is that I was supposed to go have that conversation because that's what God was asking me to do. It's called obedience. And that's not easy either. Um, Knowing when and uh, in the words, often a question is the right way to go about that. But I will say this. That that thing about accountability, do that with others, right? Go seek counsel. Go talk to somebody. Have somebody pray with you. Um, Because sometimes offering accountability can be a slick way of just being rude and unkind. Don't do that. But if God's spirit is is, uh, at work in your heart and you see something in somebody else's life, Sometimes sometimes it's, it's worth stepping out, and you, it might cost you the relationship. However, um, these are the hard things about walking with Christ. So it's not easy, but it's worth it. And these are the kinds of efforts that uh, the church, God's people, need to be willing to make. So that God can continue to flourish in and through our lives. Um, and, and we keep hearkening back to our Holy Spirit weekend and, and God has been up to something and he's, he is up to something. It's amazing. But let's make sure that we don't just let the emotion of what happens and happened be what we're riding off. Right? We, we, have, we do have work to do. I'll just find where I was at. So back to the concept of living in community. The thought of disappointing anyone around you gainfully helps keep keep you on track. so the yeah, the thought just just uh, came to me, you know uh, the process of accountability or the the thought of being called out because of a behavior or a word or something happens. That kind of that fear is a good thing. And that's why accountability is such a powerful tool within our communities, right? I don't want to be called out for certain things because I would be embarrassed or I would feel like I'd be let down. Sometimes I just don't like to be called out on certain things. But sort of the, the threat of that, if I can use that word, the threat of that is a good thing um it in a picture of a picture of law enforcement came to mind uh, i took it out of my notes cuz i wasn't sure how that was going to come across god is not law enforcement okay however it's a really good picture it's a good analogy and we find it in scriptures as well that god institutes authority earthly authority for a reason it's for our good how fast would you go if there's no speed limit <laughs> yeah. See what this thing can do. <laughs> sometimes we do that without the speed limits being gone, right? Like, you know? Yes, I was young once too. And sometimes that teenager still comes out. Yeah. Confession. That's a confession. Accountability is a, is a powerful, powerful thing. And, uh, and if, we, if we don't utilize it well... It can also be very destructive. And so please heed the warning about uh, not doing it on your own. So I'm super thrilled that we have an online offering uh, for our services, yet being the community that I'm alluding to means that you need brothers and sisters of faith around you physically as well to keep you encouraged, supported, supported, and motivated. You also need to keep showing up in places where God might be. Uh, might be held in high regard as a witness there as well. Right? So we come together as a church. It's great. We come together online. It's great. I hope that's not the only places that you're associating with other believers. Um, now, the I don't know if I want to say the opposite end of that another place we need to keep showing up at is perhaps where nobody's a believer. And we represent the kingdom in ways either either I overtly say who I am as a follower of Christ, or when that's discovered, they're not surprised. And that's been something uh, in my life that, uh, that has been powerful in uh, watching what I say You know, try to act in ways that represent the kingdom. I don't always get it right. But even that is an opportunity, right? When we mess that up, how we handle that, and we come back and say sorry or ask for for forgiveness can also be very, very powerful. So, um, yeah, where are you showing up? And how are you able to represent the kingdom? There's a hurting world out there, uh, and they're looking to be noticed. Does that ring true? If ever there was a time for God's people to just say, hey, I noticed you. When have we ever had a world that's as anxious uh, and wrestling with depression, um, wondering if it's all even worth it? Yeah, it's the church, uh, we have the answer. We're not perfect, but we know who is. And as a result, this is what sets, sets us on that path, right? And sometimes we need to be put back on the path through brothers and sisters or God's Holy Spirit, right, uh, working within us as we allow him to do that work. So I feel I'm not necessarily able to expound the passage that we read from Hebrews entirely this morning. Um, I read quite a portion. But uh, given all that is packed in there, but the, the, the winter... Sorry. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should get some bifocals. The writer... The winter? Where's my mind? We want to push winter back. So supposedly southern Manitoba has enough snow to go sledding behind a quad. It's always fun. But the writer in Hebrews doesn't attempt to sugarcoat what he feels compelled to tell the church. So keep in mind that the church consists of those individuals gathered as a group. The building here is just that. It's the building. We are the church. And it's something that we all know, but I think we often forget. We don't stop being the church when the service is done and we exit the doors, we are the church as we go, we are an extension of the kingdom and as such we have a duty, we have an obligation to represent God in, in, uh, in whatever uh, possibilities, opportunities he presents. So let's also be mindful that we, uh, when we encounter God's Word, some of it is descriptive in that the words are simply describing how God encountered or the interaction that God had with His people at that time. And then there's others that are prescriptive. So descriptive and prescriptive. This is right from Bible College. You're getting it free. <laughs> and there's a test that... No, there is no test because it's not accredited. <clears throat> Anyways... Sometimes it's just describing how God interacts with his people and there's a principle perhaps that we can take from it. Sometimes it's prescriptive and what it says is exactly applicable today just like it was back then. And so when you read the scriptures, it's so important to have some of these lens or things to use as a lens to read the scriptures um, because when we don't recognize that and sometimes... Sometimes and I've I've come across this and I won't point fingers, but some time ago and, and the work that we do, we were in and out of lots of facilities. Some of them are churches, and one of the churches had on display on their bulletin board that they tick, they take the word of God so seriously. No, that's not how it went. I was going to remember. Anyways, they were talking about. Basically, never, never taking God's word literally. We never, we take the word of God so serious. I'll, it'll come, it'll come. I just, I was astounded. I had to stop and think about what they were saying. We live in a world where, um, if you have Christian values, if you bl- say that Jesus is Lord you're probably a flat earther, you probably don't think science is a thing, if ever if there, if there was a time where we're getting closer and closer to being persecuted as believers, we're, we're there. And, and I don't think we should be surprised by it, um, we probably shouldn't even be offended. It's also something that we're pretty good at anymore, is being offended. Um, we're right there, right along with everybody else. And, uh, and I think that's something that we need to have a, a, just a massive reserve of grace on hand for when people are offended. And, and the gut response is, is to fire something back and, oh, teach them. I'm right. Well, you can make a point and you can win the argument, but maybe you didn't represent Jesus. Which is more important? So, descriptive and prescriptive. Some of it is just describing what God has done with his people. Some of it we take literally and apply it directly to our lives now. So, does the passage in Hebrews give a description of the tra- uh, trajectory that Christ's follower should go be on, or does it sound more like a prescriptive uh, instruction? A prescription for more. I suspect it's it's a lot of that is directly applicable. So now that we've established that much of the passage likely applies directly to me, what do I make of it? There's a conversation that could be had here regarding whether someone can lose their salvation that I feel is better at a different time. Um, if you go back into Hebrews uh, chapter 5 and early in, in chapter 6, but overall... What is the thrust of this word? The summary for me was a call for continued growth and maturing. I think that's a, that's a great summary of the text. It felt like a little bit like uh, getting beat up a little. Um, but sometimes God's word does that for us. The call for more comes out of a recognition that our lives must be shaped around a set of priorities. Kingdom priorities let me remind you of uh, Matthew chapter 6 uh, in verse 33 seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need it's like magic that that showed up thanks Lee if today's message seems heavy for you because you keep trying and yet there doesn't seem to be much in the way of progress We also need to be reminded that God loves us. And as any good father, along with wanting to see growth and maturity, he also cares. Our next uh, scripture passage is out of Matthew 11, verse 28. Jesus says, "'Come, come to me, all you who are weary "'and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. "'Take my yoke upon you. "'Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart.'" And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. That's comforting. And it's a word that we need. God's not asking you to save the world yesterday. But there's a consistent expectation that an effort is made to continually draw near to him. I was reminded again recently, we can have as much of God as we want. How much do you want him? Right? Are we ready? In so doing, um, drawing closer to him, in so doing, he's able to not only help us deal effectively with all what's going on inside, but to empower us to make an impact in the world around us. Have you seen the world today? Or lately, I guess? It's easier to focus on the big sensational stories of war and mayhem happening from afar, but close to our country's capital this week, a young man was arrested by having an opinion that was based on a biblical perspective. Look the story up. What makes it even more difficult to believe is that it happened at a Christian school, quote-unquote. We might be shocked with stories like this, but one takeaway might be that we need to be convinced more so than ever of what it is that we say we believe. if somebody was to challenge a topic and i'll be careful it's okay but there's hot button words anymore and there's a whole different set of language even online just to avoid the algorithms isn't that ridiculous who are we accountable to now and i'm not saying that's a bad thing altogether but it's weird Right? When you listen to some of the words, you know what somebody is trying to say, but there's like three words they say to say this, but they don't want to say that because then they'll get demonetized or whatever. Right? It's, yeah. Uh, And far be it for me to just scare you, (laughs) because here's the thing. Do you think God's surprised by any of this? No. I just think that we need to have eyes open and our hearts in tune with where the church is at currently, and, and what God is asking us collectively, but then more probably more importantly, what God is asking you as an individual, as a follower of Jesus, how ought I to live my life? How much time do I spend thinking of who he is or what he would like? Or And so if we're calling ourselves a Christ follower, there is a certain set of expectations that people should have, um, similar to... Uh, and I listen to different guys online, one of them is uh, a lawyer out of Michigan, and uh, I just find it intriguing because he he's a great thinker. Um, but uh, but he talks about the need for higher accountability for judges, for law enforcement. If they do something similar to what we do, their punishment should be harder. And I think most of us would agree with that. If you're in a position of authority, even at church here, right? there's a higher expectation rightfully, of those that stand up and, and preach or those that are have a, uh, a title, um, are, are running a committee, all that kind of thing. We have in place, and we just went through a whole series on going through our protection policy. Why is that? Uh, we have a great concern for the safety of anybody that's vulnerable. We're talking younger ages, right? Or, or otherwise. Um, but again, it's, it's this Again, this accountability, the word accountability, right? The church is held in a higher regard because of who we say we are. And it's right. It's good. Mm -hmm. So if we... Again, we don't want to focus just on what are the things that are uh, going wrong in today's world because here's the thing uh, God has saved you and equipped you to make a difference for light we are called to push back the darkness with light and he's given us all that we need in order to accomplish that but the expectation is is that we'll be ready and that we're hopeful. Uh, We're going to look at our last uh, scripture passage for this morning. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 3. And this is the passage that stood out to me uh, immediately uh, when when Greg called last week. Um, And I'll read it here. 1 Peter 3 verses 13 to 18. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear that if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good, if that is what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. Interesting concept. I think the worship team can come forward. We're going to wrap things up here. But being ready is one of those things. And I started by kind of making light of waiting for somebody to get ready. Uh, I'm also reminded of, you know, the the patience that God has with me as I'm getting ready. Um, He's making me ready. And and so I trust that that's your position this morning, is, is that it isn't just something that's heavy on your heart, but it's also something that you recognize that, Because it's God's love that leads us, His kindness that leads us to repentance, He loves us. He cares for us. He wants good to come for us, to us, and through us. But it it does involve our intentional effort to be ready. Be ready because of the assurance of knowing that God has forgiven you through the shed blood of our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for this is the reason we're hopeful. It's a fixed thing. Be ready to share that in a way, sorry, be ready to share in a way that is hopeful, for it is the kindness of God that leads to repentance. God's people ought to be able to replicate that. So you see the the whole be kind. Um, we saw that a lot a couple years ago that's a whole different conversation, too, right? But it still stands. God's people should be renowned for our ability to be gracious and kind toward one another. Doesn't mean we're doormats. Doesn't mean we're pushovers. But we're we're fixed. We, we're, we have a stand, we have conviction. There's something secure, there's something that we hope in. Because it's fixed, it's been done, it's finished. And out of that. We got launched into the world. And sometimes it's baby steps. And sometimes it's these gargantuan leaps. Um, and relocates. And all these different things that life uh, has for us. I don't know where you're at this morning. But, uh, but the call is to be ready. And to be filled with hope. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for... How you've called us, and God that uh, that because of what you've done on the cross, we can stand and know that we belong to you. And out of that position of, of uh, security, that we're launched into the world, um, ready to be used of you. And so, what it is, whatever it is, this morning, God, that uh, that either we are to have a conversation with you about. Um, or that next phone call as we as we leave or into the week God would you give us the resolve to do what it is that you're asking us this morning and God if there's someone here this morning that isn't sure about whether they know that they would be with you in eternity if you took them just now I pray that there would be the courage to come forward and to make sure and to be ready so we thank you for this assurance and we bless you Lord in Jesus name Amen